When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. This is episode 67 of Outlander Cast with Mary and Blake. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I'm starting the countdown, baby. I'm starting it. You're starting it. People have been starting it for <laughs> quite some time. You're late to the countdown game. Oh, my word. You know, I'm not really sure if I'm ready for this. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I'm ready for the finale. You're definitely not. You know, I think this is... Uh, <sighs> it's going to be emotional. <laughs> On so many levels, because we all know, we all know what's coming. I mean, the, in the most basic of forms, we all know that we need to see Claire and Jamie mm-hmm. be split apart. God, just saying that, <laughs> I want to cry a little bit. This is going to be a hard episode. Mm-hmm. Such brilliant actors that we have on this. this <laughs> Counting down. <laughs> Sorry, for those of you who don't know, that's the 24 sound, cl- sound uh, like the clock sound. Yeah, it's going to be an emotional episode. Uh, I'm, I'm not quite ready for it. What I am excited for, though, is we're going to be talking a lot about it, Le- like leading up to it and then afterwards. So right. tell everyone what we have quickly. Well, one of the great things uh, that we have going on, as always, is uh, we have this advantage of having the Outlander cast blog. And we have all these spectacular writers and these amazing people who can chat with us whenever we feel like it because they want to they write about it, they want to chat about it. And we will be having a live event for you, the listeners, an instant take with Mary, uh, myself, and uh, Kendra, and Ashley, and, and many other of the Outlander cast blog writers. And we're just going to get together, have a few drinks, and have an instant take at 10.45 p.m. Eastern Time, right after the episode ends. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm like committing so hard to this concept. I'm going to be in Chicago while all this happens uh, for the podcast movement. Mary's going to be back here running the ship in the, the studio kiddos. with the kids. And uh, I'll be I'll be in uh, my my buddy's apartment. <laughs> uh, just just have watched uh, Outlander and uh, having a few beers. So it's going to be an interesting interesting evening. So I we'll see wait. how it goes. So keep your eyes on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and also just Outlander Cast and the Outlander Cast blog for more information for that. But we want you to join us and to be part of the excitement. If you are at home 
having a whiskey, having a dram of whiskey, or drinking a beer, like Blake would say. Drinking beers. <laughs> no, all you need to do, actually, is just go to outlandacast.com and click on the live tab at the top of the website. You made it so easy. I know, yeah. And you'll be able to listen to the audio only, if you'd like, through Mixler, an app that we use, or you will be able to watch Mary and myself and uh, all of the other writers on YouTube live as well. So you'll see everybody chatting. Uh, we'll have a video of all of us. It should be a, it should be a good time. I'm not going to lie. I will, I'm, I'm ready excited. for that. I am excited. Well, I'm also excited for this week's Listener feedback. All right, let's do it. Well, on the website, Kathy Van Wessip says, Blake, I agree that this episode was another one to wrap up loose ends like 2.11. Although well-written and brilliantly acted and directed, we were left flat at the end. I loved your idea about Murta suggesting to Jamie that there is only one option left, and that is to slit Charlie's throat. Even for book readers who know that is an option Claire and Jamie discuss, it would have been very fitting for the suggestion to come from Murtaugh as they turned around for the 12-mile slog back to Inverness. The other thing missing completely in this episode was any sense of longing or urgency between Jamie and Claire, related to the probability that these may be the last three days they would have together for all time. It would not have taken much at all, maybe a minute or a, or a heartfelt embrace, a few words of tenderness and longing, but we got nothing. Talk about flat. I've missed this all season, and not uh, even on the eve of Culloden do we get any emotion from Jamie and Claire related to their personal stakes in this. They are busy trying to save the Highlanders and ease Column and Alex's pain, yet they don't give one moment to tend to each other's needs. They are going to cram it all into the finale? So much has been brilliantly done this season to adapt this very difficult birth book. Perfect casting, brilliant acting, beautiful costumes, sets, cinematography, directing, and development of secondary characters we have grown to love like Murtaugh, Rupert, Angus, Column, Dougal, Frank, and BJR. But with all of that excellence, Ron Moore in his writing room took so much away from the central characters of Jamie and Claire, and that they have often been overshadowed by the secondary characters and storylines. The essential thing about Jamie and Claire is that they need each other as much as they need air to breathe. They have a deep connection that transcends time and space, that expresses itself in a spiritual way, but very importantly, in a physical way. With the exception of a few instances, this energy that fuels their relationship has been absent or barely even given a nod. These characters and their relationship, which is an extraordinary in the books, has been diminished diminished to the ordinary, and for that, I'm disappointed. Charlotte Marks wrote in, Blake, could you please stop comparing Outlander to Game of Thrones? They are totally different series, and comparisons are not only unfair to both, but irrelevant. I don't watch Game of Thrones, and frankly, I couldn't care less about it. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Irrelevant. What did I say? Uh, irrelevant. Oh, 
Thank you. I think you were putting a little thing on Charlotte, and I was like, Charlotte's got a good point, Blake. I no, don't know no, why you're no, no. Her. Well, I, I, I will, I will discuss Charlotte's point in a little okay. bit. As for this episode, says Charlotte, she doesn't know if we listen to the Ron Morris podcast, so I do. Charlotte Blake does not. No, but Ron confirms something about it that uh, that Charlotte thought while watching. It's not only the story of brothers dealing with death, but symmetrically. Did I do that one right? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you don't even symmetrically. know. Yeah, sure. It, it, I think she means it has symmetry. The symmetry involved. I know between what the she two. means. Okay, yeah. Okay, I, I think that's a made up. You know what, Charlotte? I'm de- this one's going for you, I think. I'm going to Google that. I think she would have won in uh, Scrabble. Symmetrically. <laughs> I don't know. Symmetrically. That's symmetrically. And it is a real word. Is it? Okay. I, I take back my bell. Sorry. See? Symmetrically. <laughs> <laughs> Involves Claire and Jamie. Okay. So once again, the story of the brothers dealing with a death, but also it involves Claire and Jamie. Alex and Jack and Claire are like Colm and Dougal and Jamie. Yep. Charlotte says she's with me here mm-hmm. on how this episode was not meh because you think it should have been a buildup to Culloden. Again, Outlander is not Game of Thrones. Culloden is a given. We know it's going to happen. The emphasis is not on the battle itself, but on what will happen to our characters. And speaking of characters, something Morrison in his podcast struck Charlotte as, uh, as to why he wanted to produce this show. And why some Outlander readers have trouble with the rest of Diana's series. Most of those readers are romance fans. Romances are courtship stories. When the courtship ends, so does the story. In Outlander, that's only the beginning. It's the story of a relationship, and Claire and Jamie are the core. But so-called secondary characters are a huge part of it. Too much for many readers. I've seen too many. I've I've just read Outlander over and over and over comments, or I've stopped after Voyager because the story expands well beyond its romance beginning. Moore said and referenced actually Battlestar Galactica. So say we all. <laughs> perhaps one of more relevant comp. Secondary characters are important to him, which would make Diana's series irresistible. Lastly, Charlotte has to laugh at your discomfort at calling Diana herself. She writes in that her husband is a native of Belfast, and that's actually a term used regularly in Britain whenever you're speaking of someone who has authority. Gabaldon is, of course, in the world of Outlander, herself indeed. Charlotte, okay, l- listen. I'm going to say, so say we all to that. <laughs> Luckily, I'm in charge of the uh, the sound effects here. Yeah. I know, it's so far away. I would push it if I could. <laughs> the, the whole herself thing, yes, I agree. I'm a little uncomfortable doing it. I don't get it. And it's authority, and it's in England, and it, w- whatever. I don't care. It just it makes me uncomfortable. It's weird to me. And it's a, it's an ongoing joke between Mary and I that that we always we we always go back and forth on. Listen, I'm not comparing Game of Thrones to Outlander in terms of its scale or its size or the fact that you know uh, uh, Game of Thrones has these big battles and and it's it's gory and it it features rape and all that other stuff. And, and Outlander does too, by the way. But I'm I'm not comparing that. What I'm comparing is. How does it make you feel? Now, does does everybody that watches Outlander out watch uh, Game of Thrones? No, of course not. So you're not going to get the comparison. But think of your... F- uh, and, I, and I used Game of Thrones recently because that's what I was watching along with Outlander. So it's, it's pertinent to the discussion. 
think of your favorite show other than Outlander. What else do you watch? Let's just let's just call it Castle, okay? Let's say you love Castle. How does Castle make you feel? In my opinion, Outlander didn't make me feel the way that I wanted to feel. It didn't give me the oomph that I thought it deserves to have in the penultimate episode. Was Game of Thrones, the Battle of the Bastards, a penultimate episode? Yes. Was it a big battle? Yes. But it wasn't about the battle. It was about what happened with the characters in it. There were clear motivations. They made decisions that were organic to their character. The character informed the plot of what happened. That's what I'm comparing. And what I'm see, what I see with Outlander is they get to they're about to fight the Battle of Culloden, and and Bonnie Prince Charlie is not to show up, and then it just goes okay. Well, everyone turn back, and then the episode ends. There's no momentum there. It's not necessarily about the battle itself. It's how does this affect Jamie? How does this affect Murtaugh? And that's why I suggested to you, it would be a good callback for Murtaugh to say, let's go kill this guy, please. And if Jamie said, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. That is character-based. It's not just, well, he didn't show up. Let's go home now. It just doesn't make sense to me. My darling, please. Can you? Are you going to back me up on this one, or are you going to leave me hanging? I totally think that Murtaugh should have said that at the end of the episode. I said it last time, and I'm going to say it again. I would have liked to have a little bit of a fire at the end of the episode. That, that's what I'm getting at. Yes. That's what I'm getting at. Like, I don't, The battle I know is coming. I don't care about the battle. I mean, obviously, I care about it, but I don't care about it like, ooh, I can't wait to see what happens, and, and they're going to fight. And I, I mean, that is what it is. I know what's going to happen, but how does that affect Jamie? How does that affect Claire? What does that do? What gets me excited for those characters seeing what's going to happen? And then, like, the other argument, too, I, I guess, is, well, this show's not about the battle. It's about claiming... Uh, claiming. <laughs> hey, you did it. I did I did do it. It's about Jamie and Claire. Yes, I agree. Outlander's totally about Jamie and Claire. But what has the season so far given us that we can invest in them? We had faith. In amaze, truly, uh, my favorite episode of Outlander so far. Outside of faith, my darling, I'm going to ask you this question: What is, what has it given us that that like makes this specifically about their relationship? I think it gives us the first episode in which we know they're going to go through hell and back, and they're still not going to be together. Right. So we have the first episode. Yeah. Okay, great. What else? What do you mean? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, talking about the whole theme. Yeah, so I'm saying, what has the show given us? They've given us a, a really interesting look into a not-so-newlyweds marriage and, and how it's not all the honeymoon period, especially if you're trying to stop a war. Right. I mean, that's difficult. I think I think that was it Charlotte who just said this. I think it's it's true. People wanted to see the romance and they've got a lot of things going on. I listen, if this series could have been much longer, you would have seen a lot more. Sure. I guess my ultimate point <laughs> is this. I don't care about the mechanics of Game of Thrones or how expensive it is or the the style shots. I'm not comparing that. I'm comparing about it what it makes you feel and the way that I felt on the penultimate episode of Game of Thrones for season six, 
I was ready, raring to go for the next one. All I wanted was Netflix just to hit the play button for the next episode it, because it built up. It built up characters. It built up momentum. It built up all this other stuff. And I didn't get that from Outlander. It's and that's easy why for I you to it. say that with Game of Thrones. I'm going to stop this conversation because we've got some more Game of okay, Thrones comments. Right, but I just think it's easy for you to lean on that show well, but, in particular. But t- time out. Time out. Why did he? All right. Let's call it any other show. Let's call it Breaking Bad. Let's call it Mad Men. Let's call it Halt and Catch Fire. Let's call it uh, Lost. I, I, pick any show. Anything. I don't care. Like, do you remember when we binged Breaking Bad? It, we, we would watch four or five episodes a night. Boom, 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 boom. I would watch the next one right away. I'd be like, oh, crap, Culloden's tomorrow. Let's just press play. Let's play the next one. Yes, I, I, I think you're... Uh, see, there I, are sometimes episodes that don't get your adrenaline adrenaline up but is and that's okay Okay, here's the depth here i think here's the here here's the um the issue that i think we're facing in my eyes the penultimate episode it's like there's no more time left there's no more screwing around there's no more like okay we got this much time left guys we can build up to this and this is the end we got we got a we got a head feet first or head first right into the pool here well we're going feet first blake and okay. it's called saturday night just <laughs> hold on to your boots okay all right little hater all right so i'm not hating i'm just I'm, they, they asked me for a comparison why i made it and that is the reason why and i think you picked an uh, all too easy for your point comparison that's all i'm saying Wh- why though why is it all too easy it'd be like comparing I, I don't know i think it'd be like oh mary why haven't you lost your weight yet look at giselle she lost her weight she's a mom so you know okay all right i want you to be careful here because the way <laughs> that it sounds you're comparing it but to wait, game of but thrones wait, but wait, wait 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 the way that it sounds is that you're saying game of thrones is a supermodel it's giselle yes and outlander is some jabroni on the street stop it i'm saying outlander's me Seeing Outlander's me. I'm not a jabroni well, on the street. Well, you're the prettiest girl I've ever met. That that is a that is a jabroni. guarantee. Let's just move on to the next comment. <laughs> jabroni. Oh my god. You are in tr- deep trouble. Last twelve C wrote on the website. Wow, gotta totally agree with Charlotte regarding the Game of Thrones comparisons. These are two completely different stories. One written by a man. The other written by a woman. The focus is going to be understandably different. With that said, I also adamantly disagree with the comments regarding the lack of intimacy between Jamie and Claire. This episode takes place over a short three-day period. There is barely time for sleep or food, much less the sucking of faces. It is focused not two, but three beats of death vignettes that are very important to the storyline. Colm and Dougal, Alex and Blackjack Randall, and Jamie and Claire's desperate hope to change the future, their future. These three stories ran chronologically parallel to one another, not sequentially. Jamie's got to do what is true to his nature, and Claire has to do what is true to her nature. Along the way, they met briefly to serve as a source of support and solidarity for one another, and yes, tenderness. She says, I'm with you, Mary. Thank you. Thank you. I'm leaving Jamie to the young lassies and, the, and boarding the Murtaugh train. Woohoo! Choo choo! Oh my gosh, yes. We're going to have to fight for Murtaugh. 
Momentum, this episode built the emotional connection between the viewers and the characters to a fever pitch so they can care about what will happen in the final episode. It's not all about exciting action, but also about the relationships that we have with the characters. I'll choose that story anytime. And then she also notes that Mary, the Bonnie Prince Charlie, did have a GPS. His name (laughs) was John William O'Sullivan. The Bonnie Prince did not get lost he was misled because O'Sullivan wanted to face the English at Culloden Moor. He never supported the surprise attack. He only agreed on the condition that he and the Bonnie Prince would lead the second column. Then he botched the job in order to get his way. And last, she writes, Blake, patience. There are reasons why Murtaugh is not inciting Jamie to slit the Bonnie Prince's throat. And she also notes that the little trivia fact, time loops are not allowed in Diana Gabaldon's theory of time tap. Uh, time well, we're tap. Going, we don't need roads. I realized I had that sound for the entire season, and I have not yet once played that sound. And I figured that's an important time to play that. There you go. <laughs> we're going, we don't need roads. <sighs> Listen, again, it's not about the action for me. It's about the how i feel you just called me a jabroni on the street i know how i feel no no right no. Now. i didn't call you a jabroni on the street <laughs> you compared yourself to giselle yes and listen giselle it, she actually like i think she quadruples the amount of money that tom brady patron saint of new england uh, actually makes <laughs> and she is she is in another universe okay the, the, y- y- as is game of thrones in my opinion I, but are you saying that it, are you saying that Game of Thrones I'm, is inherently better looking than 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 Outlander? When you throw ten million behind one episode, you damn straight. No, 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 no. no but I'm not be, talking. But I'm not talking about that. You were talking about the Battle of the Bastards. No, I'm talking about how it was written, not how it was shot. No, or you're how, talking about how it made you feel. And yes, honey, when you can put ten million behind it with that good of a cast and that good of actors, let me tell you, if there was an episode of Outlander with ten million behind it with just one episode, you'd have all the feels. I'll tell you this. Iron Man, the first movie, made me feel like, whoa. Because you felt bad for Tony Stark. Yet, Iron Man 3, which had double the budget, didn't even matter because it was written poorly. (laughs) And that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that Outlander was written poorly. I'm saying it doesn't matter what the budget is. I'm saying you should compare it to a different episode of Game of Thrones. Okay, well then let's 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 compare we're, we're, it. I'm done comparing again. Okay, friends, actually, right, I retract that statement. I'm just a jabroni. <laughs> oh my god, I'm not going to live it's, this one it's down. It's good that for you're going while. away to Chicago. <laughs> All right, on the emails we got one from Nina. <laughs> so she said, "Okay, so heard on your episode 211 uh, that it was for uh, on the cast for 211 that it was mentioned that there was foreshadowing regarding Claire's lovely neck." etc. But another head chop moment came in La Dame Blanche. Claire came back from the night of Mary's assault and requested that Suzette help her get ready for the big dinner. While sitting at her vanity, Jamie tells her that he wants to go downstairs and get the Compte. Claire says, what? The Compte is downstairs? And Jamie tells her that the Duke brought him in as a guest. Jamie starts to go for revenge and Claire says, no one is getting their head chopped off tonight. Hashtag hint wow i did not i did not see that one coming and uh wow thank you i didn't wow that's a great callback raquel wrote in saying my thoughts in this episode i'm getting more 
and more depressed. The first episode of the season showed us they failed and there was no hope. Every episode just brings us closer and closer to doomsday. Mm -hmm. I usually watch episodes over and over, and this one I can barely bring myself to watch it when it's on TV. Like now, as I'm writing to you instead. (laughs) Diana's episode had humor with the dreariness and hopelessness they weren't quite yet feeling. This episode was just depressing. Finally finding out that Mary was having Alex's baby, which was not only Blake's prediction, but so obvious and known by all book readers. Why was that? I'm not not a book reader. That ain't that obvious. Sorry. Why was that not something important for Jamie and Claire to discuss? All she did to Jamie in France, preventing him from killing Blackjack Randall, was such a waste. And it's just passed over. The most interesting segment was Columns. Did he take the poison? Can we tell? Will Dougal notice it? Did he just die naturally? I know it goes on in the book, but not here. Blake, I listened to your Maryless segment, and I want to comment on the lack of sex in the season. To me, it's not the lack of sex, but the romantic, loving sex between Jamie and Claire that I miss. If we had all the sex they had in the pictures that they posed for, I may feel a little better, but as of now, we've had none of that, and again... I'm depressed. I'm sure there will be gems that we find in this episode, but again, Jamie and Claire are not working together. They are in separate stories and very little affection. So I have no kilts, but one word review, depressing. I feel so (laughs) depressed that I have two weeks to get it out of my system, knowing we have Voyager to look forward to and hoping that Ron doesn't rush through the best part to get to the sea. Wait, wait, hold on. Before we go, before we go on, uh, oh, you know, again, it's the connection between Jamie and Claire that I think I'm missing. Whether it is sex or whether it's you know a little bit of it's, it's hand holding or you know wry smiles or whatever. I mean, and this is a question that I want to pose to you, my darling, because because you weren't here last mm-hmm. ep- listener feedback episode, and I think this is a good question in general for the listeners. Do you think? That Stas dropped the ball on the advertising for this season. Well, I can't, well, no, they didn't drop the ball because somebody did, did an excellent they job. Did a darn good job. I mean, in terms of the, the Entertainment Weekly magazine, do you think they? I think a better phrase would be: Do you think they misled the public? Because the way that they framed this episode, it was like it was just going to be a continuation of last season. season, and that's fact, not opinion. By the way. Do you think that they misled people but with the way that they advertise this? Yes. I think so, too. <laughs> I feel like all those advertisements are just supposed to be there to be like, okay, here's all the sex. Don't expect it in the TV. You get it in your Entertainment Weekly I know, magazine. Right? I But on the other hand, I just feel bad. Someone else had mentioned it earlier. They haven't even been eating. What have they eaten? A bannock each day? They've been barely eating. People are dying left, right. You're not going to want to have sex after Angus I dies. I totally agree. You're not going to want to have sex like, and make out all this kind of stuff. My gosh. I, and they know. They know what's happening. I think about myself when I'm stressed, like even just when we have the screaming kids upstairs, which isn't even a disaster that could even be necessarily <laughs> compared to this. But the last thing I want to do is crawl into bed and be all sucking face intimate, worthy of entertainment weekly. No. I agree. And that is the issue that I think that we're running into as a viewership because you know, that's what we expect. That's what we were led to believe. 
And that's what we had come accustomed to during season one. And to my understanding, there were parts in the book of, uh, of book two where the two between Jamie and Claire were, in fact, pretty intimate. Yes. Okay, great. And I'm willing to go by all of that. The issue that I'm facing is, did they cram too much crap into a 13 uh, episode season? I would not call it crap. I, I don't. I mean that. You're saying did they fit too much in, they, so that they had to yeah, cut they the put intimacy. Too much. Yes. It's like ten pounds of stuff yes. in a five pound bag. Yes, that's exactly what. Had so to it happen. had to sacrifice that stuff, and this is what I'm getting at. If if I'm if I care too much, if I if I don't if I'm watching the stuff for the plot, great. But I'm not watching it for the plot. I'm watching it for the characters, and what the characters aren't having that kind of connection that they had in season one. I think. And that that's the issue that I'm facing, mm-hmm. and that that's what I that's what I just want to get across, and because and, I love the characters and I want them to be happy and I want them to have the focus that they deserve. So from Christine on um, the email, she said, "I have two sets of GBGs for this week. First, it's for us. The good is our ability to laugh at ourselves." In what we do, you sound like you're having so much fun creating this podcast for the rest of these guys. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> bad. I- hmm. I can't think of anything. You guys rock. A bad maybe me, uh, maybe the mean people that need to let go of what they read because books do not equal a TV script. And the great, your honest opinion. Blake, you aren't a member of the Church of Diana, and I think that gives you a way to understand what you see in a more objective way. You see the show for the show, and that is fantastic. I'm so fracking jealous. You know, I'm going to say that again. I'm so fracking jealous of non-book readers at this point. You can appreciate what you see unfold in an unclouded way. Thank you for what you add to this discussion. Well, thank you, Christine. I appreciate that. It just kind of made my night, especially hmm. after everyone's been pounding me on my Game of Thrones stuff. Uh, second, this the, the GBG was about the show. Uh, the good was Claire's ferocity. I believe in her and her ability to stand up for what is right and good. She won't back down from BJR, Dougal, Leg Hair, or anyone else who threatens what she loves and believes. And I thank D- Diana for Claire. The bad was the lack of connection between Claire and Jamie. How many scenes do they have together in this episode? Four? Maybe five? I mean, we've seen 201. We know that she's going back. We've seen 207. We know what they will be separated for some time. What we haven't seen is Claire and Jamie just loving each other. The looks, the touches, or even more than one kiss in an episode. The promise was they weren't the stereotypical married TV couple, and the promise goes unfulfilled. That is the saddest part of this season. Great, Murta. Seriously, from looking after Fergus to offering to marry Mary and ultimately calling out Frank as a myth and a prick. <laughs> he could be the king of men. Duncan LaCroix rocks all his the scenes he is in. Blake, I truly hope your latest outlandish theory is just wrong. Mark me, we need Murta to continue on with Claire, Jamie, and Fergus. Yes. Totally. I, Duncan LaCroix rocked it all this season. He made me fall in love with him last episode. I think he may be the second most, um, like, um, what's it called? Consistent part of Outlander season two. Number one was obviously Bear McCreary. But Duncan LaCroix, the guy's freaking nailed it. He's totally fracking nailed it. Sorry, go ahead, my love. On Facebook, Don Emery's written, For me, it's much more than the sex and intimacy that's missing. If I summarize the book Dragonfly and Amber... 
It's about Claire's angst. Devastation. Sorry, my eyes got blurry for a minute. That's okay. That was like a really like <laughs> poignant moment too. So her angst, devastation, and loss from being apart from Jamie. Whether it's the first day or 20 years down the track, you are right there with her, feeling the pain, desperate to know what happened to Jamie, emotionally plugged in. If I summarize the TV season two, it's been about the journey to Culloden, a huge emotional disconnect. No matter what they may change of the story, what they sh- what should have remained was the great love story between Jamie and Claire. A love story that with every book matured and grew, as did your emotional connection with them. I didn't see it until this week when I was trying to work out why I was watching each episode, appreciating the brilliant acting, costuming, sets, etc. And yet as each episode ended, I felt a sense of disappointment something missing. Why was it that I constantly replayed episodes from season one, but season two, I didn't. Then I clicked when I, then it clicked when I summarized the TV series that had gotten lost in the essence or soul of the storyline in the book of Dragonfly and Amber. The TV series, Jamie and Claire are just any ordinary couple dealing with the impeding future. Impending, right? Yep. Yeah. That that that's one for her. Listen, that's how it was written, and that's how I read it. That's not for you. That that's that's for Dawn. <laughs> Just putting that out there. <laughs> they aren't the exceptional love story that connects them, whether they're separated by time or space. They've missed the boat by not connecting us with Claire's utter desolation, desperation, sense of loss, of leading a half life, of her love being as strong twenty years apart from Jamie as if it were only yesterday. Instead, we're left with an, oh, so Claire's gone back to 1940s beginning, and that's it. Each episode should have kept us connected with her to her desperation to find out what happened to Jamie. It shouldn't have been just a footnote in the journey to Culloden. Right. 100% right. I, could, I couldn't have said it any better. And then again, I, I always go back to this idea of, did Outlander play its cards too soon? Should it have just before all right here's my here's my ultimate question should the beginning portion of 201 ended with claire asking did we win culloden and then cut to black right wouldn't have been better instead of the guy saying no we didn't would that have been better or is that misleading Um. or is that is that is that a is that? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Okay, right, now that's I'm what understanding I'm saying. what you're saying. Okay, because then at that point there's a little bit of drama. You you don't know if things change or if they do change. Okay, do you know what I mean? I'm picking up what you're putting down. Interesting. And, and then you can still have this debate of okay, can time change? It, you can still have Claire go back and forth in, in the future. You can still show her in the future with her daughter, and you can still do all of that. But whether or not it was, it's been separated by the two by either them winning or losing, I think that'd be a fair thing to, to do. It'd be a little bit of a cheap trick um, on the on the half on the behalf of the writers. It's that's a little bit of a forced commentary, but I think it would give the viewer a little bit more angst. Deborah Kaysen says on Facebook, I'm so sorry to disagree. Kat and Tobias interaction is always the same. Yeah, the chins are out. Whatever. The love story between Jamie and Claire are what got me reading and staying, reading for 25 years, and why I watch the show. 
the chemistry between Sam and Kat is off the chart. So sad that the love story has been put aside for other characters. Ron only seems to want the Claire and BJR slash Frank story. Jamie is the core to this story. He is her love. Otherwise, she would have gone through the stones before and no uh, child. By the way, how do they have this child? Immaculate conception? Oh, don't even get me started on that. My love, before you move on, do you think that they've had they've put too much investment in these side characters like Frank and Blackjack Randall or or do you think that they've done a good good job in making them other options and things that put Jamie and Claire at odds with each other it's tough because I don't see Frank and Blackjack Randall as truly secondary I mean I I see Jamie and Claire of course as the as the first but I right. kind of feel like these these is it's I mean, like 1A, we were, 1B. we were with Frank from day one. Yeah. So we were with Black Jack Randall from day one. So it's it's hard. I think that there are some other characters that were lesser, but as we got to see, they they stayed involved as well. Mm-hmm. Who? What do we have next? Hillary Davis on Facebook says, "What's one more sin, Mary? I'm pretty sure Claire said this to Mother Hildegard when yes. she was explaining that asking a favor from the king requires a certain." kind of payment and my girl donna my my mystery massachusetts girl donna antaramian says look like there's no ira stephen bear next season i have mixed feelings about that he either knocks it out of the pack or i walk away saying man what the heck were you thinking and i want to get over this too i I wanted to go over this they brought out they hired four new writers i guess for outlander which is kind of a big deal because when you think about it right now they have Ann kenny tony graffia matt roberts uh, Ron Moore writes, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, and we have Ira Stephen Bear, so that's five. But Ira's going. But the only person that's going is Ira and Richard. And but Richard, he's not a staff writer; he's just a writer's assistant who got a script. Yes, but I w- I was kind of hoping that he would be given a promotion, right? Especially after his yes, an untimely resurrection, uh-huh. right? And because clearly he, he, we all know this, it's been declared publicly, he and I are bros. So is he staying on Outlander? He is or, staying on. Okay. As a writer's assistant, but he's not the assistant to Ira anymore. Yeah, that's what I was wondering is what is he going to be doing? And here's my other question. If, right, if Ira is not going to be a writer on the staff anymore, fine. I really don't like this move because the man is an exceptional writer. Where's he going? But- What's he doing? Is he going to stay on as a produ- on a producerial role? We're so nosy. We want to know. Oh, well, you see, I tweeted at Ron and Merrill. Yeah, because and Ira's not on Twitter. I, I know. If, God, if I was on Twitter, I'd, I'd freak out. <laughs> I, I tweeted at Ron and Merrill and, and Diana, and they never got back to me. Maybe he needs a vacation. You know, I always feel bad. I feel bad when people are like, what the heck? Where are you going? Maybe he needs a break. Yeah. And is it, is it possible that he's getting on another series? Uh, possibly. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, maybe he does need a break. I, I don't know. It, it's a lot of work going to Scotland and writing these things and being a producer on this show. It, it, it takes a lot out of you, right? Uh, regardless, I am still a little upset that Ira is not sad. coming back. I'm sad. sad. I'm upset too. Like I feel like the the man is is exceptional at his at his craft, and the, they're not doing themselves a favor by getting rid of him. Uh, so what I'm getting at is this. They have five writers, one of which is going away. So now they have four. They're bringing on four other writers. So now for a team of eight. And this is more like a television show that's more current. You know, shows like 
um, Breaking Bad or The Leftovers or Lost, they had upwards of seven, eight, nine, ten writers who were part of the room. And to me, that can only be a good thing, right? Yeah, they brought them in because too many people are listening to you complain. <laughs> I'm not complaining. These poor writers, they would go home and they would say, Ron, Blake Lassen. <laughs> he said he didn't like something that I wrote. Oh, poor Matt Roberts. I think he really got mad at me for, for my rating on, uh, <laughs> on um, what was it called? Oh, my God. The uh, Reckoning. Matt Roberts would not have done what ugly cry i just pretended no he wouldn't have done that but he got upset though he's like i heard your rating for for the reckoning i was not pleased (laughs) like he called us out on it so what i wanted to go over this was uh they have four new writers uh being brought on to the show and these names these names aren't going to mean a lot to you but there's a guy named luke shellis who has written on shows like the good wife uh which is obviously an emmy contender a good show uh Law and Order, and which is obviously the connection that he probably has with Matt Roberts because Matt Roberts wrote on Law and Order as well. And he also wrote on two other shows on the WB, Smallville and Touched by an Angel. Uh, so if you like oh those God, shows... Touched by an Angel? Yes, he did. Yes! The next one is Karen Campbell, and she has written on some pretty garbage TV. <laughs> some garbage shows. Um, a show called Unforgettable. Another show called Covert Affairs, and she served as a staff writer on later seasons of Dexter, and she wrote some of the episodes uh, by the show's end, including uh, make a sh- an episode called Make Your Own Kind of Music, directed by one John Dahl, uh, who was the first director of Outlander. Uh, he directed the first two episodes. You have to know people. Uh, so you could see a connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Dexter, in my opinion, was a great show in the first four seasons. And after that, she uh, was a staff writer for those. And the, the later seasons, just a bunch of garbage. Joy Blake uh, wrote on The Ghost Whisperer. With um, Jennifer Love Hewitt. With Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, and she, she wrote one episode of Heroes in season two. Uh, which was the garbage ep- season of oh my gosh uh, of heroes? You're gonna make Joy and Karen cry, and then oh, but I'm gonna make That's Shannon. Nice. I'm gonna make Shannon Goss cry even more because she has uh, served mainly as an executive story editor on other shows, but she has and uh, on those shows were Harry's Law, the one with uh, I don't even Kathy know Bates, where she's a lawyer, and it was that was garbage. Uh, she also was a story oh editor on ER. Okay. And on and on Dragnet, that that ill-fated one season. You know what? I'm really excited for these writers. I'm but, really excited that they get to tackle but, Outlander. But she also wrote two episodes of the show Rain, which is pretty good. And she also wrote two, four episodes of that show Revenge. Now, I'm not a huge fan of it, but a lot of people do love that show. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting at is this. They brought on a lot of these a lot of these writers, right? And they brought on writers who don't have a lot of experience and they don't have a lot of credits. Now, credits don't mean a whole ton. It just means that you have your name on a specific uh on a specific uh script and you you have an IMDb credit. But it just it worries me a little bit because they're they've brought on four like rookies essentially, except for uh except for um uh, Luke Shellis. Luke Shellis is a pretty accomplished writer, but all the other people are just kind of rookies, and it makes me feel like, like, why would you bring on these four rookies? Do, do you want your producers like Matt Roberts, Tony Graffia, and 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 Kenny to do more producing things, and then these guys just go off and write the episodes, and and then they edit it as necessary? Like, what do you think, my darling? Do you think that's what they're doing? <sighs> 
No, I'm just going to miss Ira. I'm still I'm stuck on that. I, I can't. I'm not happy with this choice. I'm, I'm stuck on it. I'm excited for new blood. Yes. I'm sad about Ira. Um, but I mean, there's, there's. I'm, I'm going to have to get back to this topic after you've seen the the finale. I'll have an Ira discussion. Okay. All right. Because I have a little theory. <laughs> I have an outlandish theory of my own. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And. I, I think I have an outlandish theory thinking about it now too, but you know what? Okay, that's fine. Damn it. What? Uh, <laughs> okay. um, so yeah, I, I think it's a good thing they're bringing in new blood and they have not read the books by the way, but they are in the process of reading them. So y- now you're, the other the other thing that people aren't considering too is right now you have a pretty fair balance of people who read the books and did not read the books. Now you're having all of the writers read the books for the specific purpose of writing the uh, writing the new season, and now you have an imbalance. Now, to some people, that's a great thing. They some people want them. You need to, to know what happens. Some, well, not necessarily. The, the, some people are saying, "Well, uh, you know, you, I want everybody to read the books because th- this is the story and yada yada." However, it, that's kind of like drinking the Kool Aid a little bit. Why can't we have somebody that has not read the books that's looking at this from a fresh perspective? Well, hello. Let's let's tackle this. You are just saying that we've missed the essence of Jamie and Claren. A couple of writer people who've written in have said that that is what the books were all about. But you don't the need romance- the books to get that, though. You, you need an understanding of the character. Do you know what I mean? Maybe they feel like they need to understand them by reading the books. Uh, that, I mean that is. That is that's a scary note uh, notion, because if that's the case, that means they don't have a they don't have a natural feel for these characters. That means they don't have a natural. You're being so critical. I just want to read it. I would want to read it. I would be pissed if I came in around and was like, oh, you know what? You're on the you can't read the book team. The thing I, I'm sorry. The thing I want to mention too is don't get scared that they've brought on all these new writers. It happens all the time. Yeah, it, you should you should be relatively excited by it. Like the leftovers, after season one, Damon Lindelof just canned the entire writers' room and brought on all new writers, and it ended up being one of the greatest seasons of television ever. So, it, there's precedent here, and you shouldn't necessarily worry. Sorry, continue, my love. Amanda Patchen said, while I agree with Blake Larson that this episode could have been better and wasn't a typical penultimate episode, I think it's unfair to compare it to the Battle of Bastards. Oh, we're talking about Game of Thrones again. (laughs) Game of Thrones has had six seasons to fail, grow, and improve from those failures and now succeed in incredible fashion. Battle of the Bastards, which was the penultimate episode, was one of the best episodes of television i have ever seen however it was game of thrones first amazing incredible everyone is talking about this episode they didn't have a battle type every season episode every season give outlander more time i know everyone has said it but dragonfly and amber was probably in amanda's opinion the weakest book of the series it was very plot driven just like the season has been Amanda does say, even though she uh, she knows it's going to happen in the next episode, and even though this episode didn't leave her with the same feelings that Wentworth Prison did, she's still not ready for it. Every time Amanda thinks about the finale or watches the preview for it, her stomach turns into knots, and she wants to start crying. She will credit Ron Moore and the crew for making her feel so deeply for these characters. 
They have done a wonderful job in most of the episodes this season in developing the characters and not just the plot. Amanda, you bring up a great point. What did Wentworth Prison do for all of us? At, at, at Wentworth Prison, we were dying to get to the next episode because we had that relationship. It was it was Outlander had succeeded at that point in terms of this penultimate episode kind of kind of um, bar setting that we're we're throwing out here, right? They they did an excellent job in season one, and and she brought also uh, also brought up another great point too. Game of Thrones had has had six seasons to fail and grow and improve from those failures. Hundred percent right. Uh, season five of Game of Thrones was an unmitigated disaster. I hated it. I couldn't stand it. So you're right. They have learned, and you know, sweetheart, the. The, the notion that show you should judge a show on its second season. Like if you have errors in the first season and you, you, you make mistakes and things happen, you learn who you are, what your show is, what it's becoming. Do you subscribe to the notion that you should judge a show based on its second season as opposed to its first season? No. No? I don't. Uh, uh, why? I'm not a judgy person, I guess. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I'm just going to watch a show if I enjoy the show. Okay. Has this season made me as excited as last season? Not really, but I've really had a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun. That's true. There was a freaking monkey, guys. Ellie Fowser says, Blake, I'm a hardened, cynical old lady, but it just warms my heart to hear you talk about how much you love Mary. Just a jabroni on the street, Ellie. No. <laughs> jabroni on the street. You're the one who said this. I didn't not say me. jabroni. Oh Andrea Land said you did not do a shitty job. Oh, thank you, I Andrea. too love hearing about your love story and the way you met has to make one believe in fate or divinity. The concept, not the weird tasting candy. <laughs> I hope this week is a little less crazy for the Larson clan. I hope it has been. Well, it, nope, not, not soon. You're going to Chicago. Yeah, so it will be insane too. soon, but yes. And Donna, Donna wrote it again. Oh. She said, Blake Larson, why would Black Jack Randall wear a British uniform in Inverness that was occupied by the Scots? Oh, great point. Fantastic point. I hadn't thought about that. I think BJ is just so confident in himself that he'd be like, whatever. Uh, yeah, I could see him having that kind of pomp you about mess himself. With me? Yeah, I could see him doing that. But it's more practical for him to not wear it. And I like the choice because it shows him just as a man and not as Blackjack. Do you know what I mean? And if he wasn't wearing that, then you'd be like, is Frank here? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Scott Schneider says, oh my goodness, I just watched your live Facebook post on your initial reaction to episodes, uh, uh, episode 212. Uh, I just love you both so much. I was laughing out loud, belly laughing even. Your podcast is the first thing I look forward to listening to after watching the show. Uh, what am I going to do after the finale? Damn, just going to suffer double fold Droughtlander until season three and Droughtlander, uh, <laughs> Droughtlander cast as well. Sheesh. Thank you so much. Well, I, you know, we are going to be having, uh, I think, at least one episode uh, per month during Droughtlander. And we have other podcasts. So don't you worry, Jennifer. We have Parent Cast for those of you who have kids or maybe you know someone has a kid. Right. If you just want to listen to us talk about our kids. Yep. And then we also have The Living Reminders, which is for the leftovers. The, so And don't forget our upcoming You've Been oh Gilmore. Oh my God, the Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm so excited for that <laughs> podcast. Too. It will not be like Outlander at all, but pick. If you're That's lonely, okay. We'll keep you company during Droughtlander, guys. <laughs> if you're out on the road, on the 
Look at me in key, almost. You are. Come on, keep going. Let it ride, girl. Let it ride. No. <laughs> All you got to do is call on me and I'll be there. Wow, wow, like. You like that? <laughs> when you need me. So don't you worry, Jennifer and everyone else. We're going to be having a Gilmore Girls podcast. We're going to keep you company in Droughtlander with a very different genre. All right. On Twitter, uh, Emma wrote in, Emma, Rosie Emma, two, uh, 2015, said, just listen to episode 65 of Atlander cast. Blake, you did a great job, but I did miss Mary and their banter tonight. Hashtag flying solo. It was not easy, man. Hey, I've, listen, I'm a musician. I've got to go away some days. I don't like being, I don't like being the, the straw that stirs the drink. I can't do it. I'm, I'm no good at it. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. You know, you, it's, it mixes everything up. It guides everything. You're the straw. You're, you're stirring the drink here. You're oh. stirring the Outlander cast drink. Uh, Denise says, Frank Randall is a mythical prick. Hashtag Murtaugh calls it like it is. Another reason why I don't marry him. ODP Meg tweeted, my wedding? Ugh, Alex, I think you pronounced funeral wrong. <laughs> Outlander cast needs to give him a ding. There you go. Alex, that's just for you. Terry Ann du- Dugas Alex, says- that's for Meg. Oh, for Alex's ding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm understanding now. I got you. you know what Mary I need one there you go <laughs> Terry Andugas says my only interest theory of the week is that Blake has read the books how many has he got right so Seriously, far hashtag right? keep them guessing and you know this, you know just because I'm so awesome bam I have gotten some right but I've gotten some miserable ones wrong too this season like I've been I've been like I've been batting like seven fifty on on this season. Yeah, you're, season. you're not too shabby. I'm not batting a thousand, but I'm get I got a good seven fifty. Jan- Janet Colton seven on Instagram said that there was not enough Jamie. He should have been at the marriage. Another scene taken away from Jamie that Sam would have been outstanding in, in my opinion. And Meh PVB doesn't like the way that Claire and Jamie have lost emotional connection and intimacy maintained in book two, despite the dire situations. They act like business associates. <laughs> and Can See Blue Zero Three says when Jack grabbed Claire's arm outside the boarding house and calls her Claire. Oh yeah. Just like Frank does. Oh. Ooh, those two have amazing chemistry. All right, it's time for the voicemails. Let's do it. Hi, this is Suzanne. Um, I keep thinking of things I've listened to your podcast a second time, and. Um, Blake, I just want to tell you, your laugh is infectious. Every time you laugh, it makes me laugh, no matter what you're laughing about. (laughs) Um, The other thing that makes me laugh is when you say, um, I know you keep correcting Mary about Gaelic, but it totally sounds like you're saying garlic. Um, (laughs) So every time you say it, that makes me laugh. Um, Actually, the reason I was calling is, the bedroom with the door that's a, um, a painting, that room in that castle, actually, um, the Bonnie Prince actually stayed in that room. Oh. Um, so he actually stayed um, in that castle or that large house, whatever, and stayed in the room. The room really does have a secret doorway like that, which I think is really cool. Um, and I think that was it. Um Oh, the last thing was um, uh, the wig. Um, in the books, 
the um, what's his face? Um, the Duke has a crush on Jamie, so that's why I thought he put the wig on because he didn't want Jamie to see him without his wig. <laughs> um, and that's it. Have a great night. Looking forward to tomorrow's podcast. Aloha. <laughs> Great, thank you so much. I like that idea that he had a crush on Jamie, so he had to be seen perfect mm-hmm. with the, with this thing. That's great. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. And by the way, just for point of note, I was not correcting Mary about the about the pronunciation of Gallic. Uh, a, a listener was, you know, correcting us. So whether it's Gallic or or, or Gallic or Gallic, you know what? It does sound like Gallic. <laughs> it does. I, sounds like Gallic. Crap, that's that's wicked funny. Hello, Mary. Hello, Blake. This is Kathleen from Kentucky calling once again. I am calling on the episode, The Hail Mary. And I must say, this episode had a 4.8 kilt rating for me, mostly with um, dealing with everything that happened between Mary and Alex and, oh, my gosh, BJR. Oh, be still. Oh, (laughs) But also, um, the relationship between Colin and Dougal in this episode was paramount. You got to see the two characters really, well, almost connect. Um, Colin, unfortunately, dying in the midst of Dougal bearing his soul to him was heart-wrenching. And to know that even at the end, Colin never, Colin never really understood all that was going within Dougal's heart. And, oh my goodness, the the whole episode from top to bottom was just amazing. But I'm holding out to find, holding out to the very last episode. So, I cannot wait to see Dragonfly and Ember. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Neither can I. I can't wait. So, it's Teddy Potter in New Jersey. My question is this. Where are Jamie and Claire and what they stand to lose this season? There just hasn't been any sense of loss between them at all. It's their story, but everybody else is taking center stage. Colin and Dougal, Mary Alex and Jack Randall, men in curly wigs, dopey princes. Such a lonely season for Claire and Janie, and I miss them terribly. Goodbye. Okay, you know what? I just I I have to do it again because it it's literally my favorite part of of this entire phone call. Every time Teddy calls, it, this is it. Goodbye. I just I can't get one more. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, it's the best. I think I may or may not use that as a new sound effect going forward for this show. Teddy, if you get when you hear this uh, episode, please let me know if it's okay if I use my favorite saying of yours. Goodbye. <laughs> it's the best. Oh, thank you. Where is that relationship, my darling? Where do you think the relationship is? I don't know. I can't find it. I know. It's it's it's, it's a little it's a little upsetting. I'm not going to lie. It'll come there's 90 minutes. There's 90 minutes and left. And that guys. is that I think is what is going to save this whole thing. If it's going to be 90 minutes, that's a lot of TV. Right? That's a that, that's almost a movie. And that is a movie in some cases. Mm-hmm. So they are going to have some room to breathe here and that if if they do it right, and I and I do have faith that they will. If they do it right, that will make up for the lack of momentum in the penultimate episode. Mm-hmm. But my job here is to tell you what I see as I see it, and as of right now, this is what I see. So we'll see what happens. I, and we can't kill somebody. We we can't kill somebody for something they haven't done yet. All right. That, I think that's a, a commandment of of uh, of this show. 
right? Yes. You can't kill somebody for something they haven't done yet. I don't even know what that means. You, you know, like you, you can't get off with somebody for something they haven't done. You can't you can't get in trouble for something you haven't done yet. Oh yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So that that's a commitment. That's a new commitment <laughs> of this show. Okay. All right. Good. Hi, I'm calling about the recent episode of Outlander, um, and my name is Gail, and I'm from Illinois. Um, I have to say, I really uh, liked the episode a lot. Uh, I I thought the discussion about um, A plot, B plots, C plots was very interesting. It was a bit of an unusual episode because it had three plots that were both, all seemed sort of equally strong. Um, you know, I thought the, the plot with the prince was probably the A plot. Uh, and of the three, I'd say it was probably the least interesting to me. I really loved both of the storylines with the brothers. I especially loved the time with Colum and Dougal at the end. You know, there was sort of um, roomy and slow and, um, you know, really had just sort of a quiet moment that I really, really liked. Um, but, it, it did, you know, I thought that it was penultimate. An ultimate in the sense that it um, it really kind of closed out some storylines from seasons one and two uh, in the telling of the, the the two brothers' stories. So I thought that was really good because it seemed like probably those stories were not going to feature a whole lot in the last episode. So it was good to close those out. But um, the the storyline with the prince and Jamie in preparing for the next battle, well, I think was important. Um, I don't know. For some reason, even though it should have been the A-plot, it lacked some kind of suspense, and I'm not sure if that's because we've had three or four episodes now of the same kind of ramping up for war, and so it just kind of seems like a repeat of what we've already seen, even though this is you know, calling towards Claude instead of Preston Pans or whatever. Um, you know, so I think that's why. I think there just wasn't quite the urgency in that particular plot line that we needed. Um, also, the very end, the last conversation between Jamie and Claire was about BJR, and it seemed to hint like, um, you know, like something about BJR's death in the next episode, which isn't really, I think, the note they should have been hitting. It seemed to me like if they really wanted to make it more suspenseful, they should have talked more about Jamie's mention of promising that Claire will go back to the future if things go really bad in the 18th century. I think if they had mentioned that instead and closed on that, that might bring some more suspense into the next episode because, you know, I think most of us have figured out by now that in the last episode, Claire is going to go back to the future. Uh, Gail, you you nailed it right on the head, and you know what? You you you, you even said it for me, and I'm just going to play it for you right here. Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Back to the future is what's important. Yes, and getting back to the future, and like I said at the beginning of this season, going back to the future only works if it's grounded in the emotional arc of the character. And what we've gotten so far has been plot, 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 and Culloden, Culloden, Culloden. I'm not sure if that is what they intended or if they intended that. Without seeing the the finale, it's it's hard to know. But she she brought up a great question, sweetheart, and I want to bring this up to you too, which is, did the show 
kind of you know blow its load a little bit with Preston pans. Was it a? Do you think it was a good choice to show this battle to have the build up for the battle instead of kind of saving that for Culloden? No, I I know I think that they made the right choice. Okay, I'm gonna leave it at that. You're gonna leave it at that. Okay. Yes. All right. That that's fine. I'll 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 I'll, I'll go along to get along. Hi, this is Carol from Missouri, first-time caller. I wanted to touch on a couple of things that I think are related, the first being the uh, perceived lack of sex and intimacy on the TV show, um, coupled with Blake's comments that the show should not have started in the future, that it's given its hand away, so to speak. Um, For us book readers, the relationship of Jamie and Claire is so strong and so important that when you are on the eve of Culloden, the emotional punch is so strong because you know there is no hope. You know she is going back to the future. So that's why uh, the, the book is so powerful because all throughout the entire France and Scotland, it's leading up to this doom that you know she's going back. And because there is this lack of this relationship in the TV show, um, I'm just not sure how they're going to be able to deliver that emotional punch um, and the finale. But I'm hoping they can still pull it off. Um, love you guys. That's it. Thanks. Bye. Well, we love you for calling in, too. Thank you so much. She gets a little ding ding. First time caller. Oh, that's right. I, I, you know what? You're 100% right. She does get that. I, I messed that up. That's good. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I appreciate that. All right, let's get to the next one. Hi, Mary and Blake. I absolutely love your podcast. It is the only one I listen to, and I'm new to Outlander, and I've gone back, and I've listened to all of your episodes, and I absolutely adore the show. It is my happy place. Um, I just have to contact you guys to say that I was very disappointed with the last episode because we're not supposed to have spoilers, and you guys did two different spoilers. The first was that I've started watching Game of Thrones because of you guys, (laughs) and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And Blake had disclosed some spoilers by using a comparison uh, to Game of Thrones. And then I was super surprised that you guys read somebody's email And in the email, it talked about their not having sex and showing the conception of the baby. And how are we supposed to accept the birth of Brianna when we, you know, haven't seen her get conceived? So first of all, I don't want to know that the baby actually gets born. Apparently, Blake, I don't know why you didn't say who's Brianna, because that's what I did. I went, who's Brianna? And I had I rewound it a few times came home, Googled it, I was, you know, I just feel like we need to be a little bit careful with the spoilers. Um, Anyway, that said, love you. Well, you know, I am so sorry. (laughs) I, uh, the whole Brianna thing, I don't know. When you're in the middle of reading stuff, you're just, you're reading it and you're, you're on fire. And that's what it is, at least for me. Uh, I I read words that aren't real because I just read them as written. <laughs> I do. Go f she yourself, San really, Diego. She brings up if someone doesn't know that that is a quote from <laughs> Anchorman. Anchorman. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. Um, I apologize. 
I apologize if we have said anything spoilerific. Yeah, and I apologize. What I really apologize about is is spoiler spoiling Game of Thrones. If I if I had done that, I, I again you did. She said you did. Oh no, I'm saying if I had done that, I, I didn't do it on purpose, and I, I didn't mean to to spoil anything. So please, my my sincerest, most sincere apologies. I I, I really. I hope you forgive me. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I think she also deserves the uh, the new listener sound. Um, ugh, I just I blew it on the Game of Thrones one. That's that's my fault, and uh, that sucks. <sighs> what do we got next, my love? Is it the tweet of the week? Yes, it is. All right, let's do it. All right, this week's tweet of the week comes from Kathy J. Prince. She says, so I thought to myself, time to sit down and find out how Blake thought of episode 12 compared to Game of Thrones penultimate episodes. Hashtag ding called it. So, yes, you did, my friend. Uh, you did call it. That's a good outlandish theory. You did. Uh, you got it right. So this one outlandish was for, theory. Well, it, 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 what, you know, it's she tweet. Whatever. Well, that's what I meant. So that's a good tweet. You ding, 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 ding. You did call. This one's for you. Bam. So it's hashtag yeah, ding, so, ding, 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 like so, that, yeah. again, guys, the the more the creative you get with your hashtags, I promise you will get on the listener feedback episode or the main episode, and I promise you have a better chance at winning the tweet of the week, which is really good because that now affords you and it affords Kathy J. Prince the opportunity to get a twenty dollar gift card to the tag you're it Etsy shop. Tag your mama, tag your pet, tag you're it, whatever. Whatever it is. So, uh, Kathy, I will set you up with Dawn via Twitter, and uh, that'll be that. And uh, you'll get your $20 gift card. My love, What you know what? This is for you. This is your Lynch theory. You said you had one regarding oh, Ira. Yeah, and I get to say it after next week's episode. Oh, okay. All right. Well, here, here's, here's why I think Ira ain't coming back no more. Ready? Mm-hmm. Because Blackjack Randall's going to die. And... The combination between Angus and Rupert are gone. And those were his two fortes to the show. Those were the things that he wrote very well. And if, if BJR is going to die, then he's going to die. If Angus, Angus and Rupert aren't there no more, he's got no reason to write anymore. And I'm, saying, I'm not saying he isn't capable of writing other stuff. Of course he's capable of writing other things. But those were the things that he was really good at. So, uh, Charlie... Just because for this bonus episode, Charlie, what do you got for me? Mock me. Please hang up and try again. Charlie always has my back, no matter what. Even if I'm wildly incorrect, he he always has me. He's not a jabroni. He not not a jabroni. <laughs> you ready to close out the show, my darling? Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. So what are you looking most forward to, kiddo? Hopefully my children will sleep <laughs> while I try to watch the Outlander finale. I'm nervous. We're going to be apart. We are going to be apart, and we're going to be doing the live cast. And I'm really excited about that, and I'm just really hoping that the baby sleeps so that <laughs> I can do the live cast. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm really excited to just be a part of this enthusiasm and... Um, if you watch the episode early, like so many of us do on Saturdays, as soon as it's available, mm-hmm. 
make sure to tune in and, and to the live cast and, and submit your tweets and submit your thoughts. I'll make sure that Blake turns off his Twitter for notifications that he doesn't <laughs> see anything. I'll text you from Chicago when you're in Chicago, but I'm just excited. The one thing I would caution about that, though, is if you're on the Clan Gathering, which I recommend that you go to the Clan Gathering and join us on Facebook because it is an amazing group. Um, just be careful posting stuff uh, in the Clan Gathering if you're going to be doing spoilers. Well, I always put up like a here post your like. No, I know. I'm just, watch this early. I'm, I'm just saying, just be careful because there are people like me who like to watch it at nine o'clock, and. Uh, and I, I don't want to know the spoilers in advance, even if it's by accident. And now, it is, of course, it's my responsibility to stay off social media uh, when I know everyone. So that yeah. that it, the 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 environment is fervent. It's ripe. It's it's it is uh, a target-rich environment for spoilers. Ready. So just be careful. I'm just so excited. It's the finale. I'm sad because it's the finale. Mm-hmm. I've just got all the kinds of feels. So be sure to stick around as always the Outlander cast blog because Ashley will be live blogging this finale as it airs. Right. Until next time, ladies and whoa, gents. Whoa, 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 you forgetting me here. What do you mean? What am I looking forward to? <laughs> you didn't put that in the episode notes and as I said three times this episode, I just read what I what I have written. I have that as like a segment. What are you looking forward to? I thought you meant that you asked me that question. It's in black. It's not in blue <laughs> or pink. Oh, if it's in black, that means it's a general question. I thought it was to me. <laughs> Pink is to you. See, we have we have Google Docs here. We formulate our 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 whole outline on Google Docs. And when I write in black, it's for both of us. If Obviously, this if Google it's Google Doc blue, isn't working. If it's in blue, it's for me. If it's in pink, it's for her. And this one's in black, so I don't know. I don't understand the, the confusion. <laughs> just, but what am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the live cast. I really can't wait. I'm so excited about it. I, it, it we're, there's going to be problems. There's going to be there's going to be hiccups because I'm going to be in Chicago. I'm not going to be in the studio, so there's so, some things are probably going to go wrong or whatever. But that's fine. That's okay. Uh, and and uh, praise be to Ashley uh, for doing the live blog, and then like five minutes later, joining us uh, for the for the live cast. And for those of you who are who will be attending, please just go to Outlandacast dot com and check the live page and there you will be able to see the video uh, on youtube the live video and also the live audio only feed and if that's the case uh join us at 10 45 eastern time shop because that's when we're going to start the episode uh and we might even do a uh we might even do a periscope i don't know i'm not i'm not sure yet we'll see i'm, I'm not sure if you have enough time i don't know we'll see my love, I think that's it. Until next time, ladies and gents. Oh wait, no, hold on. I'm sorry. We got we got one more thing to, to do here. We got one more thing. I'm sorry. We got one more thing. Come on. Countdown. You're gonna have to say that. I've already said it twice. <laughs> you close out the show. <laughs> well, until next time, ladies and gents. I'm Mary Larson. I'm a jabroni. <laughs> and you've been listening to Outlander Cast. You're not a jabroni. You're beautiful. Not Giselle. But you're the prettiest girl I ever met. Well. Nobody's Giselle. Giselle's not even Giselle. She's like an alien. (laughs) She's all photoshopped all the time anyway. That's why I say Giselle's not even Giselle. She is. She's got the base. No, she's, she's got everything. I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, Tom Brady's a lucky man regardless. I'm the luckiest man though because I got my wife sitting across from me podcasting. Jabroni. You're not a jabroni. I didn't. I didn't mean it like you were a jabroni. I meant like some other girl was a jabroni. <laughs> All right. 
you know what? I think I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Much love, guys. Thank you. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. Hm. Instacart for the win.